Welcome back to NAFP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our Young Professional Network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at steelusa.com. I'm your host today, Brett Lemke with RM Landscape, and I am joined with our friend from NALP, Bob Mann. Bob Mann is the Director of State and Local Government Relations within NALP. Prior to joining NALP, Bob was a third plus veteran, a 30 plus year plus veteran of the professional lung care industry, a native of Duxbury, Massachusetts. Bob graduated from the Stockbridge School of Agriculture with a degree in turf management and from the University of Massachusetts at Amherst with a degree in agricultural economics. Bob has been privileged to represent the landscape industry in many public forums. And most recently, Bob was appointed to the Environmental Protection Agency's Pesticide Program Dialogue Committee, a form of a diverse group of stakeholders to provide feedback to, to the EPA on various pesticide regulatory policy and program implementation issues. Welcome, Bob. Glad to have you. Great to see you. How you been? Good. Good. Very, very Excellent. I've missed a couple podcasts. I'm jumping back on to the really good, juicy stuff. Like, again, really, your world, everybody thinks is the sexiest world. And so they're they're dying to hear what you've got to say every day. So we thought we'd give everybody the big platform and to be caught up today on your world. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I hope you like that introduction. My mom wrote it for me. Yeah, yeah, it's solid. I mean, <laughs> see, I, get, I got a little stumble like veteran. I mean, maybe, oh, of the industry. Not, I was thinking, what, yeah. what army, military were you in? But um, yeah. She did a nice job. Yep. And uh, yeah. and the photo that we'll put up when we talk about this will be one, I think, from high school graduation. That would be one to see. Yeah, that, that, that was that'll, probably that'll in black be. and white. Looks like <laughs> looks like Abraham Lincoln, that kind of thing. So, Bob, lots to talk about today. Um, I want you to just sort of kick us through um, what you're going through. And I'm curious to just in the even the seasonalities of our industry, busy time of year lots to be going on. What's your world like in that same time? Does it ebb and flow or is it just a consistent beating of the drum? Well, yeah, there, there's always something going on regardless of what time of year it is. But I found that it was a tough adjustment to come out of professional lawn care where, you know, we're busy like crazy, you know, April 1st, you know, doing round one and right up until July 1st is, you know, absolutely, you know, absolute lunacy. And then there's less lunacy, and then there's a lot of lunacy at the end of the season, where it's almost a polar opposite of that in uh, in the government sphere because you know things will slow down, um, you know, leading up to an election. Then the election happens, and then it's a lame duck session. And then uh, right at the first of the year, you get insanely busy trying to juggle all of the different pieces of legislation that come out, uh, getting the information, uh, you know, compiling it and so forth. So that's been, that was a, that was a big adjustment. And, uh, you know, the, after having done one thing, you know, over and over and over for 30 plus years, and then all of a sudden have your calendar turned upside down. Um, it was, a, it was, uh, it was interesting uh, to, to adjust to that. Well, and, and, and you really did jump in um, from I'll call it the private industry into this public yep. space. And, and so what, what found your, uh, how did that passion sort of drive up? Well, as you know, that we, I was working for a mutual friend up in New Hampshire and, uh, you know, that company was being purchased, uh, uh, by another company. And I was called to breakfast with the, you know, with the owner and we sat and, uh, you know, had scrambled eggs and that type of thing. And when we were finished, he looked at me and said, Bob, um, you know that job with NALP that they're advertising? And I said, yeah, we all know about that job. You know, we, we've all seen it. 
And he said, well, you need to take that job. And I went, wait a minute, what do you mean I need to take that job? I'm supposed to retire with you. <laughs> and he said, no, uh, you know, the company's been sold and they don't have a place for you, so you're fired. <laughs> he, you know, How the, was your breakfast? Was a nice breakfast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, the, the conversation was that, you know, to, to, to make sure that I was available to take the job at NALP and they were right. expecting my call. So I was literally unemployed for 10 minutes. And, you know, um, you know, it, it was... Uh, uh, it was just a serendipitous kind of thing. You know, anytime you know a company's bought and sold, it's a it's a traumatic experience for everybody involved, um, and everyone seems to have landed just fine. Uh, all of my all of my former colleagues, uh, but my my, <laughs> I love telling that story about being unemployed for ten minutes and picking up the phone call. Were you expecting my call? Yeah, yeah. I said, do you want a job here? I said, Oh yeah, oh yeah, I definitely want a job here. I've, I've got an, I've got, uh, I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got little, I've got kids to take care of. That type of thing. So, you know, but it's been a wonderful transition, and you know, so it's a second career, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so your day to day, virtually, and I think in person, you, you drop into these, uh, into markets or you know, uh, states really, and say, how can you help? Uh, either. Uh, share, clear, clarify information, share information, both on, I think, government end and even on uh, the member end or the industry end. So it, what, um, what is, you know, before we get into like the current piece, of, but overall, what does that look like for you on a day by day? Well, a, a great example was this week uh, down in Virginia, the, uh, the folks in the turf grass industry are having a terrible time obtaining pesticide licenses. They have, uh, um, I guess, it's a sort of a bureaucratic glitch that's going on uh, with the you know the, the regulatory agency down there, and the Virginia Turfgrass Council put together a meeting with um, the Secretary of Agriculture and um, you know the folks that are responsible for uh, that particular department. Um, I traveled down, you know, I had to go to Virginia anyways, um, you know, this week, but so I tacked this um, event onto the end of that and. Went down to Richmond and met with a whole bunch of people. A lot of people that you you and I know, um, you know, mutually. Sat around a big conference table and really went at it on this topic because uh, it's of vital importance to all concerned that you know we are properly licensed and ready to go. But there's also the aspect of uh, um, you know just being in compliance so that you do the job properly, you do the job legally, um, and not being able to do that because there's a bureaucratic problem. Um, I'm able to bring perspective to conversations like that because I'm able to say things like, well, you know, my experience in New York was this, this is the way they do things in New York, or, you know, in another state, you might just say Massachusetts has this experience and you might be able to, uh, incorporate that kind of idea in your solution. And, and that's, you know, it was, it was greatly appreciated by, um, you know, the folks at DTC and it was a, it was a blast being there, you know, cause that's the kind of thing I actually, I really enjoy doing that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, just a whirlwind trip down to Virginia for a couple of days and then back up here in Massachusetts. And I, I gotta tell you, I didn't get it back here to, uh, two o'clock in the morning. So if I all of a sudden just fall over and, and you hear snoring, you know, that's, you know, th that's all we, it is. We can edit it. We totally know yeah. how to edit it. And, uh, um, so, and then I'll just fill in the, in the gap there but well and, and that again is the power of the network with an nalp and then just in general networking uh values and so when you have uh organizations advocating for us and can bring the expertise beyond right as a 
as a resident of New York, we spend a lot of time understanding what New York is thinking or how they're thinking, spend less time in other states, but to be aware and conscious is important and then how to be able to reach out. And, uh, you know, and as peers of industry, we to say in that situation, you know, the Virginia contractors reaching out to New York or other countries, like, what are you all doing? That That's great. But your role has been really able to really come in and, and have that uh, sort of connection piece to, you know, state government and, and working it through, which is just again, harder for us to understand or navigate. And, and it's, and you and your, your colleague, Andrew Bray, just really have done a wonderful job of putting yourself there, making yourself known. And especially with this, this time with the EPA, like that's a very good connection. Yeah, that's really, that landscape has really changed with the, uh, with the new administration, new, you know, it's, you know, we're coming up on two years now, but um, you know, the, the, um, you know, the fact of the matter is that, you know, uh, that they, you know, the EPA has changed the paradigm under which they're evaluating pesticides, you know, considerably. I don't think we fully understand what it is they're doing yet. I don't think that they fully understand or have worked it out in, uh, in its entirety. And they admit that. And, you know, they're looking for um, input from stakeholders such as NALP, uh, the National Pest Management Association, uh, the cotton growers, the soybean associations, that type of thing, looking at, um, you know, how to reimagine how we're registering pesticides. So um, up, you know, up until a number of weeks ago, the priority was that when they looked at individual um, active ingredients, they were uh, making the decisions based upon a law called a law called FIFRA, the Federal Insecticide, Rodenticide, um, and Fungicide Act. Um, but EPA is also mandated to look at pesticides under the Endangered Species Act, and they had not been doing that. And it was part of their bandwidth that they weren't able to accomplish that. Um, they were they're they're a party to almost uh, innumerable lawsuits from. Uh, um, you know, uh, environmental non-government uh, organizations that are you know demanding that they uh, adhere to the uh, the Endangered Species Act, um, and EPA came up with a work plan in late April that laid out how they were envisioning coming into compliance with the Endangered Species Act, and one of the primary things that they're uh, they're doing in order to do that is to look at the Endangered Species Act first and then make the assessment for the pesticide based upon that and then go forward. But part of that, looking at the, um, looking at the ESA, Endangered Species Act, is consulting with other government agencies, such as the Fish and Wildlife Service, the National Marine Fisheries Service, and saying, you know, is the use of this product going to um, put endangered species in jeopardy, yes or no? And then if that is the case, how do we mitigate that um, you know that effect, and how do we how do we then uh, put that onto a label and then communicate that to users? And this is still very much in flux, and you know how we're doing that. And I just left a meeting um, an hour ago where um, a uh, a new friend that we've made uh, we're making new friends all over the place uh, with the Fish and Wildlife Service came to this group and and explained what. The Fish and Wildlife Service does, how they interact with other agencies, how they look at these pesticides, and how she imagines coming and solving this problem. And looking at that and going, uh, how does that work for the landscape industry? And how do we fit into this whole thing? So what we're doing is something you, you, you're 
I'm sure aware, and you know, our listeners are aware, is that we have been interacting with EPA considerably um, in the last five years and, and ramping up that relationship. And so, um, where we had, uh, you know, two years ago, we had a, a, a field trip. We brought a whole bunch of EPA scientists out to uh, a member's house in uh, almost in West Virginia. It was quite a ways out from Washington. And then showed them what it is that we do. We had um, uh, some, some volunteers from Weedman. We had some volunteers from True Green, brought equipment, brought personnel. Um, just, this is a backpack. This is how we use it. This is how we spot spray. This is a, you know, a Kemlon gun. This is how we use a Kemlon gun. And it was eye-opening and engaging for them. They began to see what it was that we, you know, what what it is that we do for a living and how we go about doing it. And it changes their, you know, their outlook on our industry. And it also gives them the opportunity to reach out to us, to ask questions, you know, how do we do things, all that type of thing. And it's, ha- and it's really born fruit. And so we're trying to do that again for late this summer. But this time, not only are we going to invite the EPA people, but we're going to invite the fish and wildlife people. And they say, oh, we can't wait to go. But we've also made another group of friends at the uh, Department, U.S. Department of Agriculture um, in all of this. And we're going to invite them, too. And so I think it, we might have to have a barbecue and a party, bring a couple of kegs, because it sounds like it's going to be a lot That's of fun. It. That's it. You know, yeah. these actually are very nice people that really do have, um, you know, take their jobs seriously and, uh, you know, really do want to reach out and interact. Um, but, you know, we, you know, we're working very hard at this and, you know, between Andrew, um, my other colleague, Carla Segundo, um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time in this space. Well, it, 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 it stands the reason, um, throw away all the assumptions in this space, uh, as we've done this for, for a lifetime. We say, well, of course, everybody knows how we apply. No, I don't think they do. Right. And the messaging that comes through those arms of the government, uh, state and, and federal are, you know, generally probably you have to assume are the complaints and the frustrations and the, and the worst of the pieces. But, but when we're an industry that has standards and those voices aren't loud enough, we can't ever be loud enough as those the groups that are frustrated. Um, these are huge opportunities. And so, uh, you know, that call to action comes even at the local level when you can engage you know, the DEC and the EPA, even at this, you know, when you talk to them, it's like, you know, don't be afraid. Right. And, and if, and probably the best strategy is to be proactive in these scenarios. Cause if you're always in the, on the back end of those where they're coming to talk to you, uh, challenges may will exist, but getting in front to say, help me understand it. And then and in turn, let me help you understand it. Uh, you know, a lot of things will change, maybe not quickly, but they'll, they'll be a lot better off versus just, again, assumptions through that space. So that's, that sounds like a good, you know, if the kegs do arrive, we will, we'll go live at that one for you. We'll, we'll the, um, just to give you an, an, an idea, you know, the most pesticides are used in agriculture, you know, overwhelmingly. So let's just imagine in, in your head that you're out in the middle of uh, Iowa someplace and there's a a thousand acre cornfield. I mean, it's just this enormous expanse of corn. You know, we've all been there at one time or another and just corn as far as the eye can see. The EPA, for the purposes of their modeling, assumes that when Farmer Joe goes to spray for whatever it is he's going to spray on that field, he's going to go corner to corner, right? All the corn's going to be sprayed. So that's an assumption that they use in modeling. But Here's the thing. They also assume the same thing with residential lawn care. So if you imagine in your head, you're your house, 
you know, if your house is one acre and it includes a house, you know, a garage, um, a patio, a driveway and all that type of thing, the EPA assumes that you're going to apply the product to the entire acre. And that includes your house, your driveway. No, no, of course you don't do that. <laughs> Nor right. you apply the same product every time you show up at the house. You know, so if you have a, um, you know, five to seven application season, you're not applying a product all seven times to the property in its entirety. So that's that's where we need to work to change that assumption, that modeling. And they've done that in the golf course industry, and we're looking to do much the same thing you know, for the green industry so that uh, it's a mountain that needs to be climbed. And, and so it is a big task, right? And so even those good events, pieces that that makes little movements, but being consistent, right? And being in front of them, I would think is that. So, but you're, but the optimism in your world, are you an optimist in this space, more of a realist in, in what's happening? Um, where is your engaged these days? I'm a, I'm a realist. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, uh, you know, it, it's a difficult space for us to be in. Um, there's a lot of challenges and, you know, this current administration is uh, ramping up those challenges. I think that we're there to meet it. Um, you know, we have, um, you know, we've, we've uh, joined together with other stakeholder groups, as I mentioned earlier. And, uh, you know, these are wonderful allies that know this business a heck of a lot better than I do. Um, learning from them every single day as to, you know, how this whole, um, you know, this whole cauldron, how it works and you know just uh, uh how to navigate it so it's uh, it's been fascinating to say the least so i thought we'd go through this sort of mapping of like a swat analysis of and i'm trying to understand some perspectives of it but I, is it the industry you know is it a call to action us or nlp or maybe it's just the group and so what are you know and i'm going to ask you the strength weakness opportunity threats in this space and we're just and i think want to at the end clarify it to our listeners um where we're where we have what we have in that space and what we have to grab onto. And again, just those outside elements that are piece in there. So I guess, where are we our strongest right now as an industry? Well, I think we're strongest in that um, you, you've heard the, you've heard the cliche that, you know, people think that their food comes from a supermarket. You know, they don't have a, they don't have a nexus with agriculture. They, they don't understand how their food is grown, how it's processed, how it's brought to market. Um, but they do, interact with us because you know we're we're a pesticide user that they can see every single day because most of us live in the you know in in the uh, on the coast uh you know in the united states live on the coast and very heavily concentrated in the northeast where there isn't a lot of agriculture as compared to other places in the country so when it comes to pesticides you know the green industry is what people think when they you know when they think of pesticide use not so much agriculture so we have the opportunity to you know to set a narrative um you know with the public as to how you know what you know how pesticides are used and um you know good stewardship and, and good decision making good in, good implementation of integrated pest management things like that so we have the opportunity to you know to, to interface with the public where um other other pesticide user groups don't you know just don't have that interaction that's a good point. And, and what would we do uh, as industry and, and professional providers? What should we be doing with that strength at this time? Is there some initiatives or some strategies there? We, we, we need to work on our professionalism in, in a lot of ways. Not that, that we're not professional, but rather um, in, you know, 
becoming more engaged in the political process, being able to reach out to um, you know our elected officials to ed educate them uh, as to what our industry does and what our industry doesn't do, and do it in a very polished way. Um, we had the opportunity to um, testify uh, in Colorado earlier this year on a uh, it was an omnibus bill that uh, was. There were many, many provisions within the bill that would have been very damaging, uh, not only to our industry, but just to pesticide users in general. Um, you really thought that bill was going to pass at first, and we were able to put together a coalition or work together with um, a number of other groups to oppose the bill, bring people into, you know, into the Capitol building to testify. And what was really um, interesting was the way that the golf course superintendents came into the room there were probably i think it was either four or five gentlemen they were all superintendents and they had done this before and they had practiced and they had you know worked amongst themselves to uh, to elevate their game and they were engaging um they put people at ease they 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 elicited questions um you know from the the panel of senators that were there um, it was it was a chore to force for them, and you know we were just I, I was so happy to reach out to my friends in the you know in the golf course industry the you know the, the golf course association and say you know who were these guys they they were rock stars they, they did such a great job and um, you know and, to, and, and being aspirational that way so I'd like to do that too you know um, you know it it was just such an we, we won that we won that particular battle by the way it was just uh it, it was i think it was a nine hour hearing and i stayed you know i stayed through the whole eight uh, probably eight and a half out of the nine hours and i had to get out of there to get to the airport because you know my flight was leaving regardless of whether i testified or not no sooner they leave the capital than you know my the, my phone went off they want you they want you to testify but i've already left the airport you know so but you know everything went everything went well but um you know it, that's one of the things that you know we, we're going to be working on is to get people together to do training like that so that you feel comfortable getting up in front of your elected officials and, yeah. and, and championing our industry well and you in, know and i think if we all started at a very local level in our own towns villages and counties and as uh, business owners and, you know, em em employee, they want to listen to you. You, you when you have a, when you're keeping a lot of people employed and, and, and building a good industry in their marketplace, you have influence. Um, and it's to use that influence in a very positive way and an engaging way. Um, and, and then it, you build that confidence and you can get up to the state levels and then someday they'll you'll, you'll be able to go into the federal pieces and talk comfortably and confidently I, you know it's the day on the hill when some of my first times doing that very nerve-wracking as especially in my my younger years doing that just saying you know what do i have to offer to this conversation um but they they're the constituents you're the voter and so you have influence and uh and it's just to partner well i agree bob it is about practice you know, know what you want to talk about and be able to, you know, have that, that conversation well. Well, one fun thing to watch is if you can talk somebody into actually coming to a Day on the Hill event or if um, the um, uh, Lobby Day in New York is another great example, a wonderful event, you know, the New York State Turfgrass Association participates in. Um, 
the you know the person who goes into an office for the first time and they're all you know like they you know the tie doesn't quite fit right and they're kind of sitting a little funny in the chair and they don't know what to say and they you know they don't want to talk and then you know the conversation will start up and then the person all of a sudden realizes that it's okay and then you can't quiet them down it's really a lot of fun to watch that um they <laughs> realize bet. that and i i make the the uh, observation that you know you if you think that you can't talk to a politician you've got customers politicians are easy compared to customers and you know it's, oh yeah i guess that's right and you know if you if you've been successful enough in business um you know that that you know how to uh, you know, deal with your customer base, you can easily transfer that skill to, uh, to the political game. Oh, 100%. 100%. So uh, shifting that to where are we our weakest right now? I, it's the same thing. I want to be able to get more people involved in the political process that take it seriously, that get involved at the local level, um, that, you know, get out to not only people that live in town, but, you know, uh, their, their state officials, you know, having a, uh, at least a, a working knowledge of who their state officials are and how to contact them and talk to them. Knowing, um, you know, uh, Chris, you know, this is what I do for a living. So, he, you know, here where I live on Cape Cod in Massachusetts, I know my senator, I know my representative, um, you know, at least with the representative, we have, you know, we have conversations with him a couple, three times a year. You know, we, there are a couple of us that get together with him and just, you know, shoot the breeze a little bit. What's going on with you? What's going on? And, and you know, just have a conversation. It's not anything, you know, formal. Um, you know, there's no agenda. We just touch base with one another. And, um, you know, that goes a long way because when something comes up that is averse to the industry, you know, we have already got a conversation going and you don't want to be walking in and introducing yourself when there's something um, existential being waved over your head as far as your business is concerned. You want to be um, at least a known quantity where this person understands, um, you know, your business uh, has some insight into how you go about doing things, um, knows where you live, that type of stuff. You don't want to be an unknown quantity. Um, when you walk into that person's office. It's that connection point that we need to have if it may not be with a problem that you're dealing with right now, but but it is coming. Things are moving very fast in that space and uh, and we'll hear it through across the country. Um, ideas are being picked up quickly, you know, and so uh, to be able to talk about even with, hey, this is happening in California with your local representatives. Here's why that could be a challenge for us or that piece. And just to know where you stand. Um, so again, it, I think it's, uh, I agree, it, it's jumping in and that engagement piece continues to be a, a big part of it and, and being the, making it relevant for all of us in the industry. Because then once we all find it to be very relevant, we're, you know, we're all going to be pulled into action really quickly. But when we're fragmented, then we, we don't have that strength together. We've um, we started a new initiative, and it's called Voices for Healthy Green Spaces, and it's a it's an outward facing um, effort. It's a you know a website that we we've, we've developed over the last six months or so, and uh, it's more it's meant to be inclusive of not just people in the industry, but looking out to customers, looking out to people in just 
in general that are interested in taking care of their landscape and what can they do to get involved in you know in in the process uh of you know defending the uh defending the landscape it's a it's it's still in its infancy but um you know if you want to take a look at it the the website is greenspaces uh greenspacevoices.org and then you can get there from uh, the NALP website as well um but as this evolves and we get more people to join what we can do is reach out through this website to um, uh, have people advocate on our behalf not just members but also you know members of the public and so often that you walk into somebody's office and ask her, you know, says, well, we're here from the, the green industry and this is our issue. And she'll look at you and say, well, you know, I hear from your opponents all the time. Where are your people? Where are the, where are the emails stacking up on my desk from your side of the issue? And, you know, that's what I have to go on. You know, who, it's the people that, you know, show up and, and, uh, and advocate that, you know, that carry the day, um, you know, so if we don't show up, you know, don't be surprised if, you know, things don't go in our direction. So, um, and, you know, we see great, great, great examples of when we do show up that we do manage to carry the argument. So, you know, that's, uh, that, that's something that we're working hard on, uh, you know, to make that come to pass. Well, and, and I think you all are having a very strong pulse on that. And so where as a, you know, a business owner that has dealt with so many things that are put in front of me on a daily basis, how does that one get there? But when, uh, NALP invests in your time and, and you really are out there seeing what's going on in New York and be able to call on members and within NALP or within other industry trades associations, it's, uh, uh, we're lucky to have that because right. Things slip by me, you know, every second of the day, but the, uh, but when we need, really need to stand up these, it's, it's great to have that support and say, yeah, it really and, makes a big difference. And, and you've done well, uh, and the team's done well putting packaging together and, and supporting information and say, here, we'll make this as easy as possible for you, but we just need you to get involved. So, That's all right. Our job. So good website out there. What um, other opportunities do you see in front of you? That... Well, we got um, we got R and R coming up uh, in oh. a few weeks down at the uh, Arlington National Cemetery, and now uh, with uh, additional locations like the uh, the Lincoln Memorial. I understand mm. um, that you know just as a general, uh, if you, I'm sure you will agree with me, if there's anything anything that you should do in the landscape industry at least once in your life is come to arlington for uh, renewal and remembrance you will never forget it and in most cases people can't wait to come back it is a most wonderful event um you just are felt you know, it, it's a, such a level of satisfaction for being able to participate with your um your, your comrades and just doing a little bit to give back to the country that gives so much to you and to be able to see over the course of a number of years um you know the uh, the benefit of what you of actually what you'd show up at the cemetery to do um you know for so many years we we're pouring limestone on that property you know as far as heavily as we could get the spreaders to to put it out you know we would you know spend a morning you know, four or four or five hours of just pouring limestone out. Um, and you can see that, you know, that's had a, 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 a demonstrable effect on the quality of the turf grass that's growing there. And, um, you know, and, you know, uh, 
aerations, seedings, installation of um, irrigation systems, renovation of irrigation systems. Um, what else we planting of uh, you know landscape plantings, flower plantings, um, you know the the congressional cemetery, which is a, a different site which right, got right. completely neglected, and our you know our uh, our members have gone in and you know cleaned that site out, um, you know tree trimming and all the different things that went into that um, you know and and greatly appreciated uh, you know by everyone that uh, that's involved, and you know what a wonderful way to give back to the community into our country at large. Yeah, I, I think it's a great uh, point of, you know, for very little time needed, right, of what, you know, we have, we ask of you and, but the reward is just tremendous uh, over that. And then it is good press and PR. And especially when we're out there on the, the in the memorials and on the the lawn there, right? Like those are um, great ways for us to show ourselves in a very professional way and doing really good things for, uh, for the open spaces. And so, uh, yeah, uh, as a, as a goer, take, taking the family, they've all really big impact in the piece. So a uh, huge opportunity to, to get involved. And then the conversations that go that we've had in the education that can come along with that event in the past and it continues to be there where you get again, uh, access to just information and it, it, it helps you get in my mind. It inevitably seems like when you go on the DC, you just start thinking about the politics in the world around you. And and this event has captured a way to connect, you know, the government and politics that we're dealing with, uh, with the business that we're doing. So you, you come out and it gives a good amount of focus for that, for that part of the event. Yeah, you know, it's just the 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 weight of the the, the things that happen on that property, the the things that you see, the people that you know, the, the gravestones and the history that goes on and you know, it was a number of years ago now that, you know, we were, you're just there with people you've never met before, but you have a link with them because you're in the same industry and you're put together in crews and, and that type of thing. And we were, we were working one day uh, or one year uh, in, in an area where there were, um, there were uh, um, you know, service members that were, that were buried from the, the Gulf War. And, um, you know, we just there with, a, you know, with a, a general mem a member and he happened to come across the gravestone of someone that he served with and was there when this person was killed. And, um, you know, it just overcame him and it, uh, you know, we were just, we were all there to, you know, experience the moment with him. And it was really, it was really touching, uh, you know, the, you know, the reaction, um, you know, just pats on back and a hug and says, you know, yeah. thank you for being here and, you know, thank you for your service. And it really, it really does mean something. It's a, it is, it's a, a fun time to get together and, uh, and I'm glad it's back and I'm glad and it's growing back and we're expanding where we are with it. So, uh, yeah, if we urge everybody and we'll probably, as it, as that comes up, we'll continue to talk to the listeners about how to get more involved, uh, in that piece. Um, okay. So then we finish with what are those, what are the big threats out there that we're really experiencing right now? Wow, we've got so many out there. You know, we <laughs> unfortunately have, this is the longest list of them yeah, all, right? <laughs> yeah, we've, we've what do we got? Four or five hours left in this. So that's you know, that's our right. our H two B guest worker visa um, issue just does not want to go away. And just when you think that we are making tangible progress in resolving this once and for all, so that you know our membership can have access to or continued access to um, you know visas to bring people into uh, you know to you know, to, to do all the work that we've managed to, to put together for the year, um, you know, curveballs coming from the government from different areas and, 
it just seems like um, you know every time we think we take one step forward, we take two steps back. That is a an ongoing um, you know dilemma. Uh, but I will tell you without fear of contradiction that since Andrew Bray joined our organization, we have um, really put some backbone into um, you know the the effort that our association. Uh, you know, we pull a lot of weight for not only our, you know, the green industry, but for a lot of other industries as well. And I couldn't be more proud of the work that he does in, in being our champion and, you know, getting up onto Capitol Hill and, and uh, you know, finding allies uh, in Congress to, to help us to, you know, to resolve this issue once and for all. Um, just in the last couple of, I, I'm not an expert at H2B, but I know, uh, you know, that, you know, it has been contentious this spring to say the least. Um, so there's that. We have the farm bill coming up um, next year and there are a lot of pesticide and uh, fertilizer issues that are going to have to be addressed that touch upon uh, the green industry. So we're looking forward to that. Um, uh, the gas to electric um, issue, uh, you know, California banned you know, you know, small gasoline engines. Um, late last year, early this year, you, you kind of lose perspective after a while is exactly, you know, what's going on. We were right there with the California Association to uh, and, and uh, our other allies to, um, you know, to oppose that and to point out the folly of their of their argument. Um, you know, but it passed anyways. And now we see that uh, initiative showing up in uh, in other states. We have, uh, you know, formed an alliance with AGSA, you know, uh, to, uh, you know, to to responsibly uh, embrace the transition from gasoline to electric, much the same thing as, you know, what, what we saw in the building trades over the last 25 or 30 years, you know, where there's a lot of electrification or, you know, battery powered equipment where things were plugged in, you know, previously is that kind of thing. But there's so much, there's so much economics that goes on uh, in that transition that, you know, we need to bring, you know, bring to the fore to discuss. It's not as easy as just telling people to stop buying gasoline engines. It's not anywhere close to being as, as simple as that. Yeah. Um, so we're trying very hard to make that something palatable. You know, with, uh, the overarching idea is, you know, we are in the business of taking care of the environment. We're, we're stewards of the environment. And we need to keep people, keep reminding people that that's what we do for a living. If we find a way to reduce our carbon footprint, if, to make ourselves, um, you know, less noisy, less polluting, that we're going to embrace that. But at the same time, we have to realize that, you know, we, we're, we're firm in the impression that, um, you know, the technology is not caught up, is not at parity with, um, you know, with the gasoline powered equipment as it is today. Now, you and I go to, you know, go to the trade show. We walk the trade show floor. We see what the, uh, the engineers are coming up with. We see what the manufacturers are able to put out. Um, and you go, wow, that's just such an incredible, um, leap forward, uh, in, in such a short period of time. But, you know, it's at, it's at the proof of concept level it's at the you know the the prototype level it's at the, the basic rollout level at this particular point and these particular pieces of equipment are still really expensive and it's going to take a while for the economics of this to you know to, to work its way down so that there's really affordable for everybody that, that you know in the industry that you know to to do this without you know some type of assistance or tax breaks or uh, rebate programs or something like that so that's where we're spending a lot of our time is you know conceptualizing what does that look like 
Yeah, yeah I, I agree. It, it's we, as we all will read this information and we'll say that this is going to be a good thing or bad thing. And we'll all have our opinions about these spaces. Uh, it is just to be just aware of where we are in the progression of this. And so I'm happy to transition if you could give me as reliable and cost-effective equipment, uh, but the resistance will be there if there are no alternatives. And um, and that's got to be in the pesticide. If you can't give me something that's effective to manage these properties the way we do, if you can't provide me labor uh, or the equipment, then yeah, these kind of things get really contentious and, and a grip to it, but it's, it's, you know, it's doing it at a timely basis. And is everybody prioritizing these things? And no, of course, we, we all challenged it to, to get this piece there. I mean, it, so they're all, we could see a lot of benefits that could come out of this legislation, but it's just keeping pace uh, and understanding our industry. And that's where our voice has to be louder to tell, like, we're ready. We could embrace this, but you got to help us here, here, and here to get there. If, Very true. <laughs> um, all right. So we've, uh, we've, plenty of work we clearly define in that SWOT analysis your job is very secure uh you there's there's never gonna not gonna be a job that uh, an opportunity for you to be busy. that's it that's it i think they clearly they should be starting to pay you overtime rates so uh i'll i'll advocate for you what i can do with within the nlp office but um but you know you and your colleagues like you said are some of the hardest working folks uh, uh with nalp just again dealing with a, a barrage of things that change um and and then you know as administration changes as opinions change it's just a it's a battle of sorts um to keep that consistent versus when we you know we've ourselves we're in my perspective as we surround ourselves with like individuals we do the same business we are trying to grow our business the same way and so we have a lot of commonalities and so when it's you you start connecting with consciously the opposition uh in whatever ways it's that makes life really difficult right and so it's like the tough it's like the tough client a tough client is just not an easy thing to work with and you're trying to convince them to change their mind but they're not going to they may not even continue working with you it's like those are hard days those are really hard days that's true you know we you know Politics is obviously partisan, and um, you know there's a lot of divisiveness, and and we cannot join that partisanship or that divisiveness because, as you know, you know we just amongst our membership we have people from all across the spectrum, um, and we represent all of them. And when we look at you know uh, we have to deal with people on the far left, we have to pe- deal with people on the far right, people in the middle, um, and but we have to have a consistent message, and that is you know, consistent across different administrations because, you know, the pendulum swings one way and you're talking to a bunch of people and then it swings the other way and then you're going to talk to a whole bunch of other people uh, and you have to be consistent that way. So, um, you know, you have to leave your own personal biases at the door and, you know, just go in there and, and get to work. And, and it is to be aware of of everybody's uh, point to counterpoint, right? So that you can speak intelligently on both of those. So um, again, commend you for doing that because the effort, most of us just want to think of that we're right. And that's the only thought that should be going through our mind and we'll convince otherwise. But there is, uh, there's definitely many ways to walk this, you know, many paths to this a solution here, which one yeah. makes the most sense. You have to be able to walk into Ted Cruz's office and have a, a conversation there and then leave there, walk down the hall and go into Elizabeth Warren's office and have a conversation there and be welcome in both. And, you know, that that's without any regard for your own personal politics. It's, uh, you know, you're there to do a job. You're there to advance, you know, the industry and the industry's point of view. And it has nothing to do with your own personal, uh, your own personal leanings. 
right? Well, again, we'll leave you up to that task and your team, and uh, you're doing a nice job. So uh, as we wrap up here, let's talk about uh, some rows and thorns. So how, uh, so what's been going well in your world? What's been going so, you know, not so well, that thorn piece. So share with us your, your rose and thorn. Thorn or professional. uh, You've heard the, you've heard about the cobbler's, uh, you know, cobbler's shoes. So I have the worst landscape you can possibly imagine. I'm sure that I'm about to be thrown out of my neighborhood. Um, You know, I've been, you know, running from pillar to post, you know, on the different issues that, um, you know, that are affecting our, uh, your landscape. And then my wife said, are you going to go out and cut the lawn? It's, yeah, I'll get out and cut the lawn. You know, it's just, and it's just <laughs> ironic that, you know, that, you know, my, I, in, a, in a funny observational kind of way that, you know, my neighbors are all, you know, fastidious about what they do. And that, you know, what I do for a living makes them capable of doing what they do. And that's, uh, I, you know, I have to, you know, I have to borrow a lot of their, uh, you know, their success from my own, but it's just kind of ironic. I think, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, I really should get the lawnmower out and, you know, go at it. So that's <laughs> kind guess. of a thought. Well, I mean, I, I suppose you're, we could spin it to say you're supporting the industry from the thought that clearly there are better people out there that should be doing this and pay a professional for it. And so um, I'm in the same boat. Uh, you know, we, I'll get to it eventually or we'll, we'll, and I'll have the team help me out a little bit, but in terms of who gets the first help versus who gets last. And so, you know, we'll, yeah. for those, those, those really important clients, they see us first and eventually maybe a little mulch or a little flower yeah. or two. There'll be a moment where your yard's going to look really good and you just got to hang on to that moment. And then yeah, it's uh, raining out right now. So it looks, uh, everything looks pretty green. So yeah. Yeah. So you, and, it, color. Yeah, and you definitely can't go out now. So you, you know, wait for tomorrow, totally tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. Will be a day. Yeah. <laughs> um well i'll i'll uh i'll share that that is the i think the excitement of a spring right with what comes uh, the list gets very long but there are a lot of excitement the results can be immediate um and uh and so the spring just is uh, just brings tremendous value um but you'll stress your way through a spring and i think many of our our listeners are probably experiencing the same piece the industry has uh such a an urgency about spring or the start of the season, wherever part of the market you're in. So uh, I guess I'll urge it. I'll stay as positive. I can to say that I'm really happy with springs here, beautiful weather. Um, and I just got to figure out how to wrangle it better. And if I could do that, then perfect days, perfect days. So, well, thank you, uh, Bob. This was, it was helpful for me. I hope for our listeners. Uh, I think the message was there's, um, plenty to get involved in uh just take one step towards it and uh read about it get engaged in it talk to somebody about like these little steps uh will help our industry and as a whole uh bob's available uh, nalp is available if you ever need to to reach out to folks that way um and uh we we really appreciate the information and that's it um thank you to our listeners please subscribe share um especially for for this podcast uh, we'll we'll only be stronger with that that help uh, take care everybody have a great week